Hey Slay, hey everyone, it's me, Nina, and welcome back to the No Stylist Left Behind podcast. Guys, guess what? I am here by myself today. Jay is under the weather. He's not feeling good. And oh my goodness, so I'm so, I'm bummed because of course... I'm missing my best guy, like doing this amazing interview that we're going to be doing. Um, but of course, you know, the show must go on. We got to keep things moving. So um, he will be back in our next interview. So no worries. Um, Jay, we wish you well. And I'm excited because I have an amazing guest today. I'm super excited because we've been chit chatting about meeting. And so I feel like we're going to be, we're meeting today for the first time. And we're going to like, get to know her and get in all in her story. I know a lot of you guys follow her and love her. Um, but we're going to just kind of get to it. And you know that we're really sharing stories, people, you know, really living in their truth and speaking their walk in the industry and of course, just their journey in life. And so um, I'm so excited to get started and introduce I, I want to say our guest because it's our guest, but I'm by myself today. Like I have to get used to saying this. <laughs> my guest. So introducing <clears throat> my guest, Miss. <laughs> my goodness, guys, I'm like so excited. <clears throat> I'm dying. I can't even get it out. <laughs> so our guest today is Miss Danny Tiger. Yay! <laughs> Yay! I'm so excited. Hi. Yeah, that was quite the introduction. <laughs> oh, I got all choked up. My goodness gracious. I didn't get my life together here. So I'm so <laughs> excited to have you here joining us today. I'm so honored. When you asked me to be on the podcast, I was like ready to do like a cartwheel. I was like, oh my God, I love her. And I love you and Jay. And just like, you guys are so real and just so sweet and so kind. And I just, I can't believe that you want to hear my story, but I would love to share it with you. So I'm super excited. <laughs> so sweet. Thank you so much. And yeah, of course we want to hear your story. You have so much to say. And I think that's what happens a lot of times because all of us were sharing such a, you know, an intimate part of our lives, whether it's about hair or about business or just about personal, that sometimes we're like, is anybody listening? Does anybody really want to hear what I have to say? But yeah, of course we want to hear what you have to say. You have a really interesting story and there are things that I, I know about you and that I've gotten to know about you, obviously just watching you on Instagram, but there are things that I'm really excited to learn about you too, especially with your journey um, in the industry, because I don't really know a whole lot about that. So why don't, before we dive in, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on Instagram so they can check you out? Yeah. So my Instagram, everything is just my name. I try to keep it simple. So everything's just Danny Tiger, which I thought was simple, but it's D-A-N-I-T-Y-G-R. So people call me Danity. They always spell it wrong, <laughs> but it's Danny Tiger. So it's pretty simple. Danny Tiger, yes. And I, I know I did the same thing too. <laughs> like when you read it quickly, I can see how that can happen. Um, so why don't we get started and why don't you just kind of go in and tell us a little bit about your journey in the industry, how long you've been in the game, why you got started and kind of just your, your path and your walk into kind of where you are today. Cause it's pretty badass, like where you're at and you're so close to me. You live so you're like literally 20 minutes from me, which is amazing. I know, but here in LA, it's like, we're all, I feel like we're so crazy busy. So even though we all feels like we live so close, it's like, you're so close, but you're so far away. <laughs> it's like we, we don't get to see each other. It's such a bummer. But, um, my story is, crazy whirlwind. I, it's probably not like any story that you might have heard. So I, it kind of makes me feel like an alien, but I try to think of it as like unique, <laughs> my little, my hair journey. Um, but basically, let's see, I was um, in college. I graduated high school early. I was always like younger than everyone else. My friends were always older. And so I feel like my, my head was always a little bit, you know, I was always a little bit more ahead than uh, most people my age, but so I was in college and I was really young and I was super motivated and determined. And I was like, I just want to help people. I love people. I love talking to people. I love making people smile. Like that's just kind of what I wanted to do. So I was like, is there a job that does that? Maybe. So, right. Logically, I was thinking maybe psychology or doing something like that. So I started studying that in college, but it was so clinical. I was like, God, this is so impersonal. And I can't, I'm a very sensitive person and I can't just cut that off. So I'm like, what am I going to do? And so I switched my major to human communications and on and on. I was taking all these classes 
And a friend of mine who was in the industry was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm taking all these classes and I just can't figure it out. And he's just literally sat me down one day on his balcony and we just had this conversation and he's like, what do you want to do? What do you love? Let's break it all the way down. And somehow we started talking about doing hair and makeup and he's like, well, why don't you do that? And I was like, that's not a job. And he's like, really girl? Cause that's what I'm doing with my life. And I was like, Oh shit, sorry. Uh, so yeah, I, I really owe it all to him. He was my first mentor and he really kind of, you know, got the seed planted that I thought, oh my God, I can do this. So he recommended, why don't you take like a makeup class at your college that you go to? They probably have a theater program. They probably have a makeup course. So I was like, alrighty. So I walked into this theatrical makeup 101 and, you know, people take that class as an elective. It's like, oh, I just want to, you know, waste a, you know, get one credit. And I walked in there like, this will determine the rest of my life. <laughs> my mentor was like, you know, let's see if you're any good at it. First of all, if you can even do it and see if you like it and then take it from there. So my teacher was amazing. She was so excited. She's like, Oh my gosh, somebody who actually cares and is excited and wants to learn. So she really took me under her wing and she taught me special effects makeup. And she started taking me out to all these amazing events. And I remember like, I got to do this like car accident scene for this like video shoot one time. And I was like, this is so fun. Like, this is amazing. And so there was like this car accident scene and she hands me this bottle of blood and she's like, okay, go ahead. And I was so nervous, you know, cause in the beginning you just think everything you're doing is wrong and you don't know what to do. So she's like, just squirt it all over the place. And I was like, are you sure? And she's like, yeah, go for it. And I just remember holding that bottle of blood and thinking, I can't believe this is a job. This is so crazy. This is so cool. This is so fun. I totally want to do this for the rest of my life. So that was it. From then on, I was hooked. So I actually started in makeup. But the interesting thing was when I started, that was in 2007. So I've been doing this for a good, what is that, like 13 years now? <laughs> it's been a minute. Yeah. Uh, so back then, there was no Instagram. There was barely Facebook. There was actually MySpace back in the day. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I remember that. I know, I'm like aging myself a little bit, but back in the day. Uh, and so somebody had contacted me on MySpace and cause after I took that class at my college, I was like, I dubbed myself a makeup artist. I was like, this is it. This is my job. This is my title. So he's like, um, I posted all my, all my work from school, which was terrible. If I look at it now, it's so bad, <laughs> but I was all proud of it back then. And some guy was like, Oh my God, you're so talented. Like Miss Danny Tiger, I'm doing this photo shoot. Will you come and do makeup? And I was like, okay. So that was my first like official makeup job. And I came with my tackle box of like, you know, it was horrible, cheap, like cover girl makeup. And then also like heavy, heavy studio makeup that I had learned in school. It was ridiculous. And I showed up on this photo shoot and, um, I don't know. I just, I loved it. I loved everything about it. I love the atmosphere. And I remember the hairdresser on that shoot was such a jerk. He was like, Oh my God, you don't even have Mac. What are you using? Ugh. And I was so like, uh, yeah, but I use this and I know what I'm doing. And for whatever reason, it just didn't discourage my spirit. And I was just so like, I can do this. I never felt like I would be defeated. I was like, if I don't know it, I'll learn it. Um, and then basically from then that photographer, the next day was like, Oh, my friend's shooting a music video and he needs, you know, a makeup artist. Are you available? And from that moment on, you know, my mentor always said, never say no. And so I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And I remember I showed up at this warehouse in downtown LA and I was like, oh my God, this is so scary. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm walking down this hallway and it's like, boom, boom, boom. My boots are going and I, my heart's pounding. And I'm like, I got this, I got this. And uh, the director's like, oh, I have a makeup. Let's go, let's go walk this way. And I was like, hair and makeup? Like what? I'm only here for makeup. And I was like, all right, let's do it. And I just collaborated with the you know wardrobe artist and when she was speaking to me about the hair, it was like my native language. Like, I, it's almost like I heard my native language for the first time. I was like, I knew exactly what she was talking about. Oh. Like kind of the symmetry of the music with the art, with the wardrobe. And then I was in charge of hair and makeup. So I was like, well, this is awesome. And it just flowed so amazing. And then people were like, oh, you do hair and makeup. You do hair and makeup. And I was like, yeah, I do hair and makeup. <laughs> it just fit so naturally. I was like, okay. But then I realized, okay, I should probably, you know, get my license if people think I'm going to do hair just in case, you know, if that's something I want to do one day. And then it all kind of rolled on from there. But 
I know that was a really long intro to my like hair story, but it's so funny because people definitely know me for doing hair. A lot of people know I do makeup, but um, that's where it all started was with makeup. So, well, you just like crushed that accent that you did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll never forget it. I was so nervous. Like, what is he even saying? Like, oh my God. But back then, yes. <laughs> it wasn't nerves. It was just excitement. You know, like nowadays I feel like I call it anxiety and I have to remind myself that it's excitement. But back then it was just, everything was new and exciting and I wasn't fearful. It's almost like I hadn't set up expectations for myself yet. So Mm. I could just jump off the cliff and go for it. (laughs) That is so good that you mentioned that because I mean, guys listening, just think back to your first client or your first photo shoot or your first magazine shoot. Like I can literally put myself in that place and feeling what you were feeling, your heart is pounding. You're like, probably I was sweating. You feel like you have five arms, like in hands, you don't feel <laughs> like you're fumbling around with all of your stuff. Like I remember fumbling around with my tools. Like I didn't even remember how to hold my scissors. Like you just get in like such a panic. And then we have to remember how far we've come. Like, just think back to your first client, first photo shoot, and now look how far you've come. And that anxiety that we say anxiety, it is excitement. And actually Jay mentioned that to me the other day, we were having a conversation about that, about just switching the mindset from thinking that anxiety, the anxiety that you're feeling typically is excitement you know, and I thought, I, I thought on a little bit on a deeper level and I'm like, yeah, because I guess if it was, you know, anxiety on a whole other, other level, it would be dangerous, right? We would be like fearful. And so thinking of anxiety of being excitement really was like, oh, okay, if I could switch my mindset on that. So I love that you said that because there's so many of us that really kind of walk through that and that anxiety feeling and thinking like, is this anxiety or is this really excitement about what I'm going to be doing? Whether it's getting on stage, doing a new cut and color, meeting with a new guest, whatever it is. Um, so I love that you mentioned that. Now, are you from California? I am. Yeah, I was born born and raised here in Southern California. Wow. So. Oh my God! So you're now you're in LA. Well, you're in, you guys are in Beverly Hills, right? Right. Yeah. And you're in a studio. So what, so what happened from you, because now I want to put the pieces together, right? So what happened from the guy like, oh yeah, you're great. It's amazing. Like, let's do all these shoots. Did you go work in a salon somewhere? Did you like, what was your, what was your path, you know, in between that time? So that's what I mean. My journey was really crazy. It's so hard to even explain, but I basically, to kind of put it in a nutshell, is I I started as a freelance makeup artist. Mm -hmm. I did hair and makeup services. Um, I got my license in 2009. And then um, I kind of had my hands in in both, like one foot in salon life kind of, and then one foot in the freelance world. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's always actually been difficult for me because I... I don't see myself in anyone else's story, really. I don't really know anyone that kind of has that same journey. So it's like, that's why I said, I feel like a little bit of an alien, but I think it's, you know, it, it puts me, it gives me a unique perspective. And, and that's kind of what I'm doing now. I don't think I would be able to do what I do now unless my story was that journey, you know? So basically, um, I start, so I started doing freelance hair and makeup and I jumped into that music video and from there, I actually got started in the music industry. So I worked for um, Steve Aoki has a record company called yeah. Denmark. So I worked for them yeah. and I did their magazine and shoots and videos and just different things for them. Um, and living in LA, like you said, I'm, you know, I'm from here. Um, it was, it was easy to get jobs here. You know, I mean, there's so much work here. There's so many creative, there's so many things going on. So I did so many shoots and from then on, it's just the networking, you know, back then people, talked in person. (laughs) It wasn't a social media world yet. (laughs) So every time I would go to, you know, part of my job was like going clubbing and stuff Mm -hmm. and people are like, you know, taking shots and, you know, finding, you know, dates. And I'm like, hi, are you a model? I'm a makeup artist. Do you want to do a shoot together? I mean, everywhere I went, I just, I was like psycho. I would just pass out my, I had these horrible little cheesy cards I made at like Best Buy or something (laughs) and I would pass them out. And, um, so yeah, I just, met so many people and like I, you know, from my mentor from day one, I never said no. So I had all these amazing opportunities. And then when I got my license, I thought, well, maybe I should go look in a salon. But for me, I never really found like a home there. Mm -hmm. It was like, I dated a lot and I dated a lot of different salons and 
I've always been kind of a hustler. So I've had like a million jobs, even in college, I was working as a server, I was going to college, I was, you know, doing hair and makeup. I mean, it was just crazy. And so that's how it was with my salon life, where if I wanted to work at a salon, I would go and be like, Hey, do you need a receptionist? And I would just start there and then kind of work my way into, to a chair um, position. But there was something about, I don't know, for me, salon life, it just, I don't know. It just wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't it for me, I think, you know, and I, I talked to my mentor and he's like, you know, you have to decide, do you want to be freelance or do you want to be salon life? And I was like, I want to be both. Like, is there, is there any way that I can be both? Cause back then sweet life wasn't really a thing. I feel like, uh, it was just salons or you could rent in a salon or you could be commissioned in a salon, but it wasn't like you could just totally do your own thing. Um, and I did have one friend that, you know, was kind of doing some celebrity hair and stuff like that when he was behind the chair. So he kind of did more photo shoots, but like I said, there just wasn't really a role model for me. And so I was like, I'm just going to do it for as long as I can. Like, cause he would, my mentor was like, Oh, it's never going to work. You know, you can't spread yourself that thin. And I just thought, well, I'm going to try cause that's what I want to do. Yeah. So yeah, it's a really, my journey is so hard to, to, to put down. It's like, I need to draw you a map, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I worked as a receptionist in different salons. I worked as a manager in different salons. Um, I worked at a salon in Pasadena. Um, I actually rented, you know, a chair for a while in a couple different spots, just all over Southern California. But all the while I was doing my freelance work and, you know, doing weddings and I, I got on a team to do weddings. So I was doing um, freelance stuff with them. But I always, I feel like it's kind of crazy because freelance like salon life, but for the freelance world is so uncertain. Mm-hmm. You know, I never had an agent and I never was in the union. I'm still not in the union. Mm-hmm. And so it was just me on my own. It was like uncharted territory. I was just like conquistador, just like going out there in the open waters. Like, let me see what I can do. Let me see, you know, how far I can get. And I love that. It was like, I would always say like my calendar if you look at last month, every single day is full. Mm -hmm. If you look at this month, there's like a few things. And then next month, there's nothing. There's like one thing. And it was scary, but it was like exciting. It left the door open for opportunities that would come in. Um, I'm a huge woman of faith. So I would just be like, all right, God, this is like, it's all you. (laughs) Like if you want to bring something amazing into my life, the doors open. I was never, I don't want to say it was a commitment phone, but I hate, I didn't want to be committed to salon life of, you know, Tuesday through Saturday, a certain time, a certain budget. Like, I just like kind of, I love getting and opening my email and it's like, here's the address of the photo shoot. This is what we're doing. And you show up and you don't even know who the model is or what's going on. It was so exciting. Um, so that was my life for a really long time. And then I, um, basically I, I got the opportunity to work at CNN. So that was, that was another big, um, like I said, there's so many little things in my story. I mean, it was with me, it took me forever to like tell you, but, um, so yeah, I got my, I got my myself into um, working at CNN and doing hair and makeup for them, the Los Angeles Bureau. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of like the next level for me because it it seemed so serious. It was CNN. And here I was like covered in tattoos and (laughs) just this young girl that just this artistic freak. And I was like, this is so weird. It was like worlds colliding. And I love that about it. And I remember walking into the green room and I just felt like kind of weird and out of place. And then the makeup artist, like the OG makeup artist that had been there for like 15 years, she was like four foot tall, literally covered head to toe in tattoos with her little cat eye glasses and was like, what's up girl? When I walked in and I was like, oh, <laughs> hey, okay, I'm in the right place. <laughs> so um, I got into a lot of, you know, television stuff after that, but all the while not having an agent or not being part of the union. So you know, a lot of stuff was not very stable. You know, I've worked in every, I've worked in every movie studio in LA. So Fox, I mean, Netflix, I've done, done it all. Um, but just for little jobs here and there, cause it was just the connections that I had made. Um, but yeah, so freelance has been my life forever and I've loved it. But the biggest turnaround was, um, a few years after working at CNN, I, um, I was actually in a really bad place <laughs> and I was really confused. My personal life was a mess and my freelance jobs kind of slowed down. CNN kind of slowed down. I wasn't really doing any salon work. I wasn't with a salon at the time and um, everything changed. I actually went on a, I went on a vacation to Hawaii and I feel like that when you kind of pull yourself out of the environment that you kind of get stuck in, 
it's like you can just have a total different perspective. You know, it's like your mind, you hit the reset button and you can kind of, I had never been on a vacation before. I had never, I just worked freelance. I was grinding and grinding. And I went to Hawaii to spread my pop's ashes. My pop had passed away. And it was just, I was forced to slow down for a minute. And I really had to kind of like reevaluate, like, what am I doing? Where am I going? What is happening with me? And I just remember like kind of looking up in the sky. And for me, it was like, God was like, do you see all this beauty that I created? Like I did all of this for you. And I was like, for me, like, cause my job is to make other people feel beautiful and to like create the beauty. And I don't really, I think as hairdressers and makeup artists and artists in general, it's like, we're so creative and we just pour out of ourselves so much. We forget that like, if we don't take a little bit of that, we're going to empty out. And that's kind of where I was. I had kind of bottomed out. And so for me, I just really took that in and, and I prayed about it and I was like, okay, God, like, then give me some, <laughs> like, if you want to give me some more beauty, yeah. like, yeah, give me something, you know? And so, um, it was crazy. I literally came home from Hawaii and I broke up with the person that was in my life at that time. That was very toxic. And the next day I got an email and it said, congratulations, you are the winner of a beauty changes life scholarship award. And you get to go to Vidal Sassoon Academy for advanced education. And I was like, Oh my oh God. My God. <laughs> Wow. That was another amazing thing that my mentor had instilled in me was, you know, you have to reach for opportunities. Mm -hmm. You know, like I always, sometimes some of us, uh, me, I, I always like, I'll feel sorry for myself. or like, oh, I work so hard or I, I do so good. And how come I'm not getting this job or that job? And, you know, back then, like I said, there was no social media. And he's like, okay, but nobody knows that you're out there. You have to put yourself out there. You have to show people that you're amazing. You have to show people that you're talented. You have to show people that you care, you know, because sometimes I'd see people that, yeah, they're talented, but they're jerks. <laughs> I'm like, how come they're getting the job, you know? And so he's like, you gotta put yourself out there. So I found this company. Um, well, they actually found me on Instagram. This was like the first year I was on Instagram and like, oh, you should, you know, go out for this award. This is 2014. And so I've never said no to anything. And luckily, like I said, I had made so many friends that were artistic. And so a friend of mine was a video direct, you know, videographer. And so we made this like a really amazing video. And for this scholarship, you had to answer these questions. Like, what does beauty mean to you? Why does, you know, Vidal Sassoon inspire you or all these different things. And I was, it literally took me two weeks to like sit down and answer this question. I was like, why am I doing this? Like, why do I care about this? Like, what does beauty mean? And, you know, we all are inspired by Vidal who changed the world for us, but why, you know? So I really had to like, it was so much, you know, just looking inside myself and really trying to dig, which I had never done before. And whatever came out was awesome. <laughs> was like, yeah, because wow, really yeah, you won, right? I want to break down a couple things because there are so many important things that you said through your story. A couple things that you mentioned and you said it a couple times is that you hustle, you grind. And while people are out there, you know, drinking and taking shots, like you're out handing out business cards, like it's candy, right? Because yeah. that's really what the hustle and grind looks like if you want to get seen, you have to be seen and you've got to put yourself in front of people. So getting out there, handing out those cards, grinding, putting yourself in situations where opportunities would be available to you and not, and not saying no. Like, I think it's important to understand that there are times in your career, especially on the come up, you, you have to say yes. And you're going to do shit for free. Like that's just what it oh, is. Oh yeah. Oh, I worked for free for five years. Yeah. Like really? I, I mean, I went on photo shoots and that's a full tank of gas driving around doing yep. this, staying up late while working at Starbucks or wherever else I was working. All the things you have to do, like you have to do that. And look, I mean, yeah. it's the same for me. Like I'm still coming up. Like I still do shit for free. Like, and I also believe that we should work from a space of confidence and value who we are and what we have to offer. But when opportunities come, it's not about the money. It's about the relationships that you make with people that 
could spark into something five years from now. You just never know. And so I, I love that you were doing that and you were out there grinding and, and putting yourself into these situations that even like the CNN thing that made you uncomfortable because that was all growth for you. But when we, I want to dive in a little bit to when you went to Hawaii so you could see me and my nose got all, <laughs> all watery because I started to tear up a little bit when you started talking about, um, you know, with praying and asking God to put these opportunities in front of you, you know, when you were going through your hard time and that stuff makes me so emotional because I've also lived in that place. So I, I can feel that pain from you. But if you were to say, do, do you think that maybe was a, a tough, like one of the top, toughest points in your life, like in terms of your struggle through your career, through your life in general, um, would you say that was probably the toughest time? And you don't have to go into all the details, but what did that kind of look like for you? And what was the turning point where you're like, first you said, okay, I got to get out of this toxic relationship. What, what led you to that point? And then what got you through it to get you here to right now where you are? Well, yeah, it's interesting because at the time I didn't know like how dark things were. I didn't realize do you know what I mean? Because I couldn't really see the light. So I, you don't realize how dark you are. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I just kind of was, I basically felt like a bird in a cage and the, this toxic relationship kind of kept the veil over the cage. And so I just thought, it's almost like I woke up when I was like, what am I doing in this cage? Like, how did I get here? Who is this person? This is so not me. And for me, um, I, I just feel really, really blessed with the gifts that I have. You know, I'm not the most, um, you know, technical cutter and I'm not like the best colors in the world. I actually, color is not even my forte. <laughs> and even with makeup, you know, it's like, I don't know, you know, certain techniques or certain things, but I'm extremely passionate about people and, and, and what I'm doing. And I have such a, um, you know, I have a lot of integrity in my work and myself and my work ethic and you know, just kind of all of that. Um, just being a creative person, it's like, I don't, I don't really know how to explain it, but there's just so much to it, you know? And so I feel like I just have a lot to offer. And so putting myself in a situation where I just was in a cage like that, I, for me, I think I just did it to myself, you know? I mean, you, you make your own choices in life. And so I had to just take myself out of it. And I think it, you know, for me, it's my faith and my spirituality and God, you know, kind of, I feel like God, he doesn't push us in a certain way. It's just like, when we're ready, he's there. Right. And that's actually I have a tattoo on my arm. And that's what that means. Like God will meet you right where you are. So you don't have to be holier than thou. I mean, I wasn't like going to church every day or anything. It doesn't matter. It's just at that time in my life when I needed him, I reached out and that's what it was for me. And he really pulled me out of a dark place all the way up into the light is what I feel like. Because when I won that award, it was like, that was the time I needed it in my life and everything changed. I mean, I literally went from being in the darkest place to just leaping to the sky. It was so bright. I moved to a beautiful house in Pasadena. This is the first time I had ever lived on my own. Um, I went to the Sassoon Academy and I was on fire. I had never seen, you know, I had a, I had a mentor, my second mentor in life. He was a creative director for a Sassoon Academy. And the first time I ever met him, I was renting a booth in, it's called Claremont, California. It's like this little place. Yeah. And all these, you know, moms and these different people that were working in the salon, um, girls. And this guy comes in to teach a free class. And it said, you know, good whole Sassoon creative director. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. I've never seen, you know, Sassoon style techniques being taught. I went to, I went to Paul Mitchell to get my license. Mm -hmm. So he comes in the class and I was just absolutely blown away. My jaw was on the floor. It was, it was precision cutting and I had never seen that before. And to me, it was like, I'm, I'm, I have really bad OCD. <laughs> so to me, precision cutting is like the I feel sexiest you. hair porn ever. <laughs> so I was like, ah, like watching it. It was amazing. And I kept getting closer and closer and closer to him and his model. And everybody else was like on their phones and they could care less. And I'm just like, is anybody seeing this? Like, hello, this is amazing. And so I like sat, I got right next to him and he's like, okay, freak, like what are you doing? And I was just like, this is amazing. So when I went to the Academy, it just was like, that is when I fell in love with cutting. And to make this long story <laughs> shorter, try, 
um, that's where I am today is as a cutting specialist. I mean, I love cutting and that's how I met Philip Wolf. And, you know, we are obviously like very close partners now and we work together and we have our studio, but that's, was the first little spark of, you know, me kind of dipping my toe into the cutting pool of like really understanding wow. cutting theories and finding that that's where I excel and that's what I'm really good at. But even for me, the cutting, you know, I'm not a cutting educator because for me, when I cut, it's almost like sculpting marble. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I can see the vision in my head and everything is so, I don't know, like, obviously I know cuts, but it's not like, this is a bob and I will give this person a bob. It's like, I look at a person and I'm like, I can see through what I'm looking at and I can pull it out of that person, like just chipping away at it little by little, their texture, their shape, their design, like their aesthetic, their style, all of it. Um, so that's just what I love to do. So from then on, I just really excelled with that and became a completely different person. Absolutely. So tell, tell me a little bit about where you are now, what you're doing, what your days kind of look like, like what, I mean, obviously I see all of your amazing work on Instagram and I'm like, Oh my, (laughs) this one, um, this one, like a lob with the long front. I was like, Ooh, it looks so good. Like I love all the stuff that you're putting out. So why don't you just tell us kind of like what you're doing now, like what your days are filled with. I know that you guys do a lot of video and filming. Like I, I see all of that, but just kind of fill us in on, on that. Yeah. So again, super confusing and long and weird, hard for me to explain my story, but yeah, basically I, I met Philip, we were neighbors and I didn't know that I was jogging one day and I ran into him. (laughs) So yeah, it was so funny. Um, so we became close. That's, that's another story. We'll save it for the next one. (laughs) But, um, yeah. And so now, you know, um, meeting him, he was very encouraging, like kind of helping me to understand my own worth because, you know, people always say like, Oh, surround yourself with people that, you know, you want to be like, and people who inspire you. And I was like, okay. But what they don't tell you is that when you do that, sometimes, you know, you do, you do get inspired, but you also, we have this tendency to start comparing ourselves Mm -hmm. and our stories and where we're at in our journey. And, um, you know, I looked up and I was, you know, next to this person, this person, and I'm, I'm on a stage with these people and I'm, you know, doing these things and I'm thinking like, Oh my God, what am I doing here? Like, I am not good enough to be in this place. Um, I was a, you know, platform artist and educator for a hair tool brand. So I did the whole, you know, hair circuit thing Mm -hmm. and excuse me. And, um, I thought that's what I wanted to do was be, you know, an educator and an art, you know, platform artists and all these things. Um, but that wasn't really it for me. The travel was really difficult and it felt very competitive to me and it was very impersonal and I don't know, it just wasn't a right fit for me. And so I'm like, Philip, what do I do? Like, <laughs> just like, I don't know what to do. I, I love, I love this, but I feel like it's not right. And he's like, you know, I don't think it's right for you. And kind of what I where I thought my journey was going was actually more on the corporate side of things. Because what I realized was there was a huge gap between all these people that worked in corporate hair, like, you know, these big brands, they sit in this office and they wear suits and they're bald maybe, or they don't even have hair. Like they have no, they've never even touched it. They've never even touched hair. They don't know what, they don't even know what they're talking about. And then people who work with real people and explain it to clients or to friends or family, or, you know, just try to express it's almost like trying to translate the language of hair, you know, these corporate people, there's just a huge disconnect. Yeah. Foreign to them. Absolutely. Yeah. So for me, I, I would go to these shows and I'm like, what's the people that are running it versus the artists that are involved in it. I mean, there was just so much disconnection and I'm like, maybe I can be, you know, bridge that gap. Maybe I can be that person that helps to translate because I'm a very organized type of person. And so I thought that was it. And, um, so I actually got some opportunities to do that. I got an opportunity to work for um, a magazine that shall not be named. <laughs> um, so I worked with them for a while. And then, um, you know, another, another opportunity consulting for a big hair brand in New York. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was going to be it. But you know what? Turns out um, I kind of saw like the other side of the curtain, kind of behind the curtain of what goes on in the industry. And for me, it was devastating. And I just said, you know what? I don't want to be any part of this. And I, it was kind of discouraging because I felt like, oh, maybe I could make a difference or maybe I could do something. Uh-huh. And then seeing the other side of it, it just was really overwhelming. 
like I said, I'm a sensitive person. So I just felt like, oh, I just, I can't, I can't be that kind of person. I can't do this. I can't, there was just, oh, it's too much to get into, but it just was, it wasn't your thing. It wasn't, it wasn't for me. Yeah. yeah. It really wasn't for me. I think we, we have to pivot a lot in our lives and we, we get our, you know, our feet wet and we're like, mm, is this for me or isn't it? You know, and I think yeah. try things because you don't want to ever leave anything on the table and feel like, oh, I didn't really put myself in a spot where I could see if I liked it. And it's okay if you get there and you don't like it, you can turn around and do something else, right? That's the amazing thing about the beauty industry is because there are so many opportunities um, for you to excel and grow beyond, you know, doing hair. You know, there are so many doors that are constantly opening every single day. It's just figuring out what works best for you. And I think, you know, with having someone like Philip you know, and we've all been connected through Schedulicity. So that's been really amazing. Let's just drop them for a second because they've been doing amazing things. I know that you guys are involved with Schedulicity as well. I write blogs for Schedulicity. They've been amazing. They're awesome to work with. Their platform is bomb. Um, but they create such community in the industry. And that's kind of how we all, you know, kind of got connected too, of course, with um, Tony and Corey from Hairdistry. But I think it really is now there's a shift in the industry with more so community, you know, stylists and owners are really coming together to really like sit back and say, okay, how can I help this person? You know, back in the day when I even started, cause I'm almost 24 years in now. So back in the day, it was like, you want to host other salon owners in your salon? Like, why would you do that? Why would you share information? Like, I just, I could never wrap my brain around that. And so I think with you seeing the other side of that, it made you feel like, maybe this isn't really what it is. So you got in, you got out, right? But I believe for you, you're all about community and you're about bringing people together and whatever that means for you, working here, working on a stage platform, whatever that means. Um, Do you notice that there's been a shift also in the, I took this like all the way left, but (laughs) do you notice that there's been a shift in the industry a little bit with the way that stylists and salon owners are really truly coming together and creating that sense of community? Yeah. I mean, for me, what I saw, it was so like devastating and heartbreaking. That was actually the moment where I thought I wanted to quit hair. I didn't want to do it anymore. It was, it was crazy. But then to pivot that it's, it's kind of what made me realize, okay, that's not the place for me, but it did. It helped me to see that exactly what you're saying. Other artists are helping each other. Like we don't need you know, and, and to each their own, everyone does, it has their own, you know, path and journey. And and there's amazing brands out there. There's amazing magazines. There's amazing people that are on the outside that are supporting us artists, um, which I'm so grateful for. And that's actually where I find myself today. Mm -hmm. So working for a major brand or something like wasn't for me. Um, but now, you know, I obviously I'll always be an artist. That's my number one love. But what my day to day pretty much looks like is, um, supporting people that I really believe in, like people that have inspired me, people that I know are really, truly good people. Even like you said, Schedulicity, um, you know, meeting the CEO of that company and the founder and just really getting to know people for who they are. Like, you know, what is their, what is their intent? What is their true intention? What is their authentic intention? And and what do they see for our future as a community? And those are the people that I want to support. That's the team I want to be on. So I went from being, you know, devastated and heartbroken and thinking, you know, oh my gosh, I I have, there's no place for me. Um, And now I think now I, I support, you know, Philip and also Alfredo. So I actually work as an artist manager for them. Okay. So I work as their manager. (laughs) I manage myself. I manage Philip. I manage Alfredo Lewis. Um, And so just helping them with like their opportunities and the things that they're bringing to the table as well. Um, it's an amazing, it makes, it does make me feel like I fit in. It makes me feel like I am supporting the cause, you know, like I have, but I also don't have the weight of the world on my shoulders because we're a team. We work together, we support each other. And I think that's something I didn't realize that was missing for so long is that I was this, you know, which is funny because I'm so sensitive. I didn't realize I was this strong, tough girl that was just going at it. And I was just beast mode for the past like 12, 13 years. And, um, you know, just doing what I love. And like you said, just hustling and all these things. And, but I was always on my own. And so it was something that was, it was missing, you know, in the beginning, it was good building a foundation and all these things. But as an adult, as a person, as a creative, it's like, you, you always have to have that support system, you know, and I love that 
my little system, you know, we support each other, but what all of us want to do is, you know, give back to our community and build up our community and strengthen our community and give our community a voice. And I think for the boys, it's obviously artistically Mm -hmm. and it's amazing because Philip Cuts and Alfredo, you know, colors, but they both are so respected in the industry. They're amazing speakers. They're amazing teachers. They've taught me so much. I mean, I'm incredibly blessed that I get to be on a team with them. It's, it's unreal. Um, and so that's kind of where I'm at now. And my, I have my own little voice because I can speak as, you know, a female artist and I, you know, with makeup and with hair and the creative type of work that I do, but also just personally and the things that I struggle with as an artist in this world, as an LA girl, you know, all these different things that I have experienced because I felt so alone. Now that I'm in a place where I'm supported and I'm nurtured, I can kind of share that with other people. Like you don't have to feel alone. You don't have to do it on your own. You know, it's okay to, to lean on your team a little bit, you sure. know, because we, we, especially nowadays, it's like, we want to be perfect. <laughs> we want to look perfect. We want our work to be perfect. We want to do perfect. Yes. And it gets hard. It gets really, the weight of that get, can, can be really heavy. So yeah, I'm just super lucky that now that's what my days look like is working with these awesome guys. And don't get me wrong. They're pain in my butt. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're boys. And it's like, we, you know, I call Alfie my sister wife. And it's like, we always have, you know, crazy just stuff. that's like, oh my gosh, these boys are driving me nuts. But my day to day, it's a lot of emails, a lot of meetings, a lot of calls um, for all of us, you know, just trying to build a future, you know, for, for us, but also for, for the community, we have amazing things that we want to do and amazing things we want to see happen. And we're super grateful for people like you and, you know, schedulicity and people that are really, you know, supporting that cause. So other than that, yeah, I do work in a, we, the three of us have our private studio here um, at a salon Republic in Beverly Hills. So we take clients, we do models, we capture content. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much what so my days look cool. like. <laughs> it's so cool and it is so unique. And I think a lot of what you said too is that it's it's about this, guys. Like, Don't be scared to do something different because every piece of your walk and your journey lands you to the spot that you're supposed to be in. So everything that you went through, Danny, and all of the opportunities that you took, whether you got paid for them or not, you know, your journey, even trying stuff on the brand side, like, yeah. you know what, you had to do that stuff to to get to where you are now. So I feel like it's always looking forward, not looking back. And I also truly believe, and I know that you guys feel the same is the more you give, the more you receive it's, it's giving, it's teaching, it's kindness, it's community, it's compassion. Compassion's a big one in this industry. You truly have to be compassionate for other humans just like you, like you mentioned some things about not being super technical. Like I definitely was not the best hairstylist. I never claimed to be. Um, that wasn't my specialty. My specialty was taking care of people and, and growing a team, growing people. That's, that's my jam. And that's why I stepped away from working behind the chair and ultimately selling my business. That was my journey though. I would never trade that. Actually today, um, the, on Facebook, you know how it brings up the memories the memory came up today from the newspaper article clipping of the sale of my business. And so it's been three years. I can't believe already that it's been three years. And I think back to my life and what my life would be if I didn't have a salon, if I wasn't a hairstylist for 20 years, if I didn't have the team of people, it makes me very emotional because I feel like that is at my core what made me you know? And I think that it's so important for you guys to understand every opportunity, every human that you connect with, every person that you sit with, whether it's a guest or it is another stylist, it's all a part of you. And you pick and choose what you want to take from from that and what you want to give, right? Because it's give and take. And then it all leads you to kind of where you are. And so I'm, I'm just so I'm like in awe of your story right now. And I feel, I'm just so honored to just chat with you because I think that you, you know, you said you have this little voice. You don't have a little voice. You have a big voice. And I think coming from the space of, um, you know, we talked a little bit about anxiety and, you know, you, you've had on your Instagram talking about mental illness. I've also shared it as well. And coming from that space, there are insecurities that we work from at times. And when you have you're dealing with anxiety or depression or, you know, whatever it may be that you're dealing with, those insecurities are magnified. 
And it, it's 10 times harder for some of us to get out of bed or to show up and show up behind the chair or just show up at work, period. And you're very vulnerable in the fact of sharing that um, story on your Instagram. And you were so transparent in sharing um, your story about what it looks like to one day, it's amazing, everything is awesome, this is your, your post, kind of, you know, everything is awesome, great, fabulous, I love my life, it's perfect, and then the next day, it's like, how am I going to get out of bed today? Like, I love that you shared that, because if we're talking about your journey, it's been amazing what you've done, but your growth as a human is even more powerful. So don't ever say that your tiny little voice, like you have this big voice. Um, are you, do you want to share a little bit more about that post that you made? Because I, I know that there are so many of us that work every day and show up every day with struggles, you know, in terms of mental illness, whatever that looks like and means for you. Do you want to just kind of dive into that just a little bit? Do you mind? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny because that day I just, oh, I just couldn't take it anymore. And I was like, I'm just going to, you know, Instagram, we post all these beautiful mm -hmm. edited photos or whatever it is, um, filtered, if you will. And I had just, I literally had to get out of my car and Philip went to the salon and I walked home and it started raining on me. And I was like, oh my God, this is the worst day. And I came in the house and my eye makeup was off and my hair was wet. And I just was like, this is real life. Like nobody would ever post this shit, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to post it. <laughs> so I took this horrible picture of myself and I posted it. And I just was like, you know what? Sometimes, like I said, holding up that weight of perfection, it just gets yeah. too heavy. And I'm just like, if I feel this horrible, like, you know, I mean, I just want to be real about it. Like it's, there's gotta be somebody else out there that feels the same way that it's like day to day. You're just trying to just show up and be perfect every day. And like, sometimes you just can't. Mm -hmm. And for me, um, I started, I mean, I, I've, I've always been, you know, such a perfectionist and OCD and all these things. And growing up my house, everything was perfect. Like my mom had it's like companies coming over and everything has to be just picture perfect. Now I call it, um, like I tell Philip, it's Airbnb. Like I keep my house like an Airbnb. <laughs> Back then they didn't have that, but that's what my mom kept our house like an Airbnb. It was ridiculous. And so I grew up that way and I love my mom. She's incredible, but it was just things had to be perfect. And so that's how my brain is. That's how I work. That's how I think. And, uh, sorry, can you hear me still? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I thought I turned off my, my microphone. Oh, you're good. So, um, yeah, I, now, you know, I think that perfectionism and that OCD has really helped me in my craft because I do, I also did a lot of artistic direction and things like that. And it's really, even with my Instagram, it's the symmetry of the, you know, a video, the music, the lighting, the, you know, the, the slow motion, the, all these different things coming into play and just like orchestrating this perfect little masterpiece. And that's where my brain you know, works, which is great, but then trying to live life mm -hmm. overload, <laughs> orchestrate the street lights to make sure you get a green light every day. Like it's like, you know, there's just things that come up and you don't have control over them. And I was never taught that that's the way it is, that you just can't always be in control of every little thing. And so now as an adult, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's come up. It's hard for me to face that, that we're not in control of everything. So, um, a few, probably like two years ago now, I started, it started manifesting itself in, um, when I wasn't in control of a car. <laughs> so I would get into an Uber and I would start panicking because I wasn't in control of the car. With you. Like I said, I, I traveled a lot. I did the hair shows and all that, you know? And, um, so I had to get in Ubers. I had to get in planes. I had to stand in TSA lines. And anytime I was told, you know, the, the airline is like, you know, stay in your seat. You can't move. I was like, I need to move. <laughs> I so get that. Oh my goodness. And I'm like, what is going on? So it was definitely a control thing for me. And it just got to the point where I couldn't travel anymore because I was just, it was so bad. And so the beginning of this year, I was like, you know what? Enough. Like, this is crazy. Something's got to give. Um, but it's really weird because I'm not, I didn't think of myself as a prideful person. Like I'm, like you said, I'm a very like 
compassionate person and I'm super loving and I, you know, I have this like big heart, but not with myself. And I didn't, I didn't realize that I'm super, super hard on myself. So just getting help for me, I felt really weak. Mm. I felt like, well, other people don't need help and they can do it. Or, you know, even Philip, it's like he grinds and grinds and he has this crazy life and he never stops and he never gets. I'm like, are you a robot? If I cut into you, are there wires? Like, what? You're crazy, you know? I work with these boys that are just like, it's, it's incredible. And, but it, it was making me feel bad. Like I, w- I was weak if I needed help, you know? But I think that's what's important about sharing your story is because once I felt so weak getting help and I felt like I had to do it on my own and I just, it was really just hard for me to finally accept getting help. Yeah. And then when I did, everyone's like, I felt like I was coming out of the closet. Like I did that post and I was like, I'm getting help everyone. Yes. Like I said it, that's it. You know, it took me forever to get on like a medication and things like that because I just felt like I can do it myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I, the beginning of this year, I quit drinking. I started, you know, exercising. I quit vaping. I quit coffee. I like did all these things that I thought like, okay, this is going to like cure everything for me. I'll, I'll show you, you know, and it actually just made things worse because I was just being harder on myself. <laughs> And I was like, you know, medication is for people who want to give up. It's like, you know, someone overweight getting liposuction. Instead of working out, they're just going to give in. And that's what I, I had these crazy, weird misconceptions of like what it was. And, you know, luckily I, I have a you know, great therapist and I have a great support system. And they're just like, it's not like that, you know, and it took me a long time to accept it. So finally, um, you know, like that, I did get help and I did. So I did this post and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm just going to like put it all out there. And everyone's like, Duh, Danny. Like it's not a big deal. <laughs> we knew you, you. We knew you were like had anxiety and had all this stuff going on. And we love you and support you anyways. And like it's not a big deal. And oh, I've been on pills for years. Or I take this. Or I do this. Or I see that therapist. And I'm like, what? Like why didn't you guys tell me this? You saw that I was struggling and feeling like a a freak, and I was on my own, and I felt so weak. And yet you guys have been doing this all along. Like why didn't you tell me? That's so not fair. So I just felt like you know what? I'm just gonna be honest and let people know. Like. I don't know if anybody's looking at me or if anyone cares, but if anyone looks at me and sees what I do and thinks like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I, that's how I feel when I look at other people is like, oh, I, I, I wish I can keep up with them or I could do these amazing things and not even just comparing yourself to other people, but you just, the climate of the world, it's like you're either, you know, this inspirational, amazing person or you're nothing is like, that's what it makes you feel like. And so it's like, if you're not making these big changes and moves in the world, you feel worthless. And so for me, I'm like, okay, one, like, you know, it's okay to not be okay. Like we're all super messed up. <laughs> That's totally yes. okay. And for me asking for help and <clears throat> excuse me, getting help was huge. I mean, it completely changed my life and it's, it's actually giving me the power to do what I want to do in life and to live up to my potential and to help other people and do better hair and, you know, help Philip and Alfredo more and all these amazing things. But, you know, I just, I think it just sharing your stories like that. It just, it makes you feel less alone. It makes you feel, it kind of gives you the strength to like, okay, I can do this. Yeah. You know, you just take one day at a time. Once you talk about it. And I think this is, and I'm so thankful that you're really being vulnerable and sharing this. And when I read your post, cause you know, you and I have chatted and DM'd and stuff before, but this is the thing about social media. When you did that post, and we talk and want to talk about engagement, I actually was like, wow, like she's me. Like I felt more connected to you because I am you. Like there are a lot of similarities, like the stuff that you're saying with the plane. And when that thing goes on and like button, you know, buckle up. And I'm like, shit, now I can't, (laughs) like, I just want to be able to move around and going through the lines and going through security. And I have a really bad germ problem, which I've been working on for years and I've gotten a lot better, but it is a control thing. And I think that we all have stuff like no matter who you're looking at on Instagram, on Facebook, in real life, no matter how amazing everything looks, we all have shit that we're carrying. And for you, it just wasn't the right time. Like when you were like, why didn't anybody tell me? You just weren't ready yet. You know, you, you were ready when you were ready to receive it. And just like we're sharing this information, you know, you may be ready to get help. You may not, maybe you never will be, you know, we're not doctors. So we're not telling you what to do. Obviously medicine's not for everybody. Um, You have to do what you feel is best for you. But I believe in sharing the story 
and making everyone more human and more reachable. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like, yeah, let's talk about our stuff because even though everything looks beautiful, there's pain in here. And when you shared that, I know, cause your, your whole IG like blew up cause everybody <laughs> yeah. commenting and I was just like, that's what this is. Like, this is what we're really trying to do is make other hairstylists, other salon owners, other makeup artists in the industry feel that they're not alone because there are so many of us that really struggle with this. And and I'm very open to and sharing my story and I, and I talk about things openly and, and more so about pain and, you know, and, and when my mom got sick, you know, and I don't really talk about my mom being sick so much, but my mom has cancer. And when she, I found out she had cancer, my OCD went through the roof. So I can relate to, I did not want to go out to restaurants because I would literally watch people touching my fork and like my napkin and wrapping it up and put it. And I was freaked out that I'm like, I would have full blown panic attacks in a restaurant and had to leave because that was my way of trying to control something because I couldn't control my mom's sickness. And so when you get out of whack with one thing, it sparks another and getting help for yourself and realizing these things within you, it's okay. Just like you said, it is okay to not be okay. Yeah. And I think with us just starting the dialogue and talking about it is amazing. And I'm just so, I'm grateful for you honestly coming on here and being as transparent as you are. And I know that you're going to touch so many people and just your story in general is just so powerful. So as we end, I want to know what is next for you? Like what's next, what's coming up, you know, in the next year or in the next couple months, like what does your future look like? Well, it's interesting because, you know, well, first of all, Nina, it's amazing because that's actually how my stuff started. My mom had cancer and I was a kid and I couldn't control it. And it just spiraled from there. And that was, you know, years ago. And so you're right, that stuff comes up and it's like, we have to give ourselves that love and attention and, you know, heal ourselves from all that stuff because it doesn't go away. <laughs> and so for me personally in the future, that's kind of where I'm at is just really nurturing my own self and giving myself the time to heal and do the things that I need to do to, you know, feel better. And I think, like I was saying, it's like in the world nowadays, you either are this amazing inspirational person or you're nothing. It's like, I'm trying to just recognize everyone we speak to and come in contact with and touch. It's all so important, you know, like in my faith, it's, I, I believe it's the things that aren't even seen, you know, it doesn't matter what we're putting on social media or what we're talking about. For me, it's like God, you know, God sees what I do. God sees what we do and how we treat other people and how we treat each other and also how we treat ourselves. Yes. And so I, I just, I'm like, okay, Danny, you have to focus on even the little things, you know, just interacting with your client or how you treat your barista or all these different things. You can impact so many people just by your attitude you know, and just smiling at other people and just being kind. For me, kindness is the biggest thing. I love a kind person. I'm like, I hate mean people. <laughs> just be nice. It's so easy. I learned that in, in beauty school. It's like being nice is free. It's so easy. It's your choice. When you, I just have to remind myself, like everything that you do is a decision that you make. The way you express yourself to other people, the attitude you give to other people, it's all up to you. So just be kind. It's so easy. You can really make somebody's day just being kind to someone else and not letting someone else's unkindness completely crumble you and ruin your day because that's how I tend to be. Yeah. <laughs> so just like, you know, being aware of those things and just trying to be a little bit more sensitive and compassionate to myself. Like, okay, if you need it, if you need a day, then just take a day. If you need an hour, just take an hour, like whatever it is. Um, and not feeling so guilty, like, oh my God, I have to text this client back or I have to do this, I have to do that. So thank God for Schedulicity because I'm not doing that next year. <laughs> I'm definitely, you know, we're full board with Schedulicity next year, which is going to be exciting. And then for work and the guys, I mean, we have so many incredible, amazing things. Half of it I can't talk about. The other half is still, you know, like up in the air. But um, yeah, just working in the studio, coming up with more amazing content. Um, just really nourishing like all of our artistic creative skills. We have YouTube channels coming out, um, some amazing shows that we're going to be doing. The guys are traveling, you know, internationally. We, we spend a lot of time really um, connecting with people on an international level. So this next year is going to be really exciting setting up shows and 
you know, definitely be out there on the hair show circuit. And so my, I just hope to meet more artists in person and <laughs> I love Instagram, but it's like, I, I love connecting with people in real life. I love having conversations in real life. So I hope I get to do that more. I love that. Well, I, my goal 2020 to meet you face to face girl. Even though <laughs> I'm like, can we do that next week, girl? You're my neighbor. What the heck? <laughs> yeah, don't play with me. I'll be there. I'm flexible schedule. Um, I know you're so busy. So no, I, I would love that. I'd love for us to meet. I love everything that you say. And guys, everyone who's listening, just be more kind to yourself. Self-care. We talk about self-care, but being more kind and more understanding and more lenient on you and how you function and your expectations of yourself. And I'm a work in progress with that. I am, I'm with you. I'm really, every day I'm really trying to be better and not be so hard on myself. So I just love, I just love you. I think that you're just like the real deal. I'm so, so thankful that you took time out of your busy schedule to spend with me today. And I know that you're going to impact so, so many people. So thank you so, so much. I'm completely honored. I, I'm, I'm super excited to meet you and poor Jay when he feels better. <laughs> I can't wait. But yeah, I think just remembering that each one of us is, has our own unique journey and our own unique timing. That is like the two biggest things. It's like everybody has their own story for their own divine reason and their own divine purpose. And it's okay. It's a good thing. <laughs> we don't have to rush the process. We don't have to compare to someone else. And that's kind of what I'm trying to learn right now. So if anything, I mean, I'll put that out there. <laughs> put it all out there. Put it out there, guys. Whatever it is that you, you know, are looking to maybe heal or learn more about yourself or just anything in, in terms of personal growth. You guys know I'm all about that. So as always, guys, we thank you so much for joining us today. Please follow us on Instagram. Make sure you follow Danny on Instagram. Why don't you tell him where it is one more time? Yep, just my name, Danny Tiger, and it's D-A-N-I-T-Y-G-R. Awesome. So follow her on Instagram. Make sure you, if you haven't followed Jay and I, of course, Nina Tulio and at it's Mr. Jay Ladner. And as always, if you take anything from listening to us today, please know it is okay to live in your truth and remember to always live your life out loud. See you next time. <laughs>